This is CBS News Bay Area with Juliet Goodrich. Good evening. President Biden marking this holiday with a daring visit to Ukraine is first since the beginning of the conflict. He is back in Poland tonight, but that's after taking a secret train ride to Kyiv. He spent about five hours meeting with Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky there. He vowed his continuous support for Ukraine. He even announced a half a billion dollar aid package, which includes more military equipment. The move has drawn some criticism from Republicans, saying the president should focus his attention on his own country. Well, the president's trip, it comes nearly one year after Russia invaded Ukraine. Thousands of Ukrainians have fled the country, many of them landing here in the Bay Area. Our Sean Chitness spent the day with one woman who thought she'd be able to return by now, but now she wonders if she'll ever get that chance. Spending time on campus was always part of the plan for Natalia Hoshuluk, even before Russia invaded her home country of Ukraine. This was a very unique experience. I didn't ever expect in my life that I would be here. But when this Fulbright scholar was preparing to wrap up her year at UC Berkeley, the war had already started. Natalia is still here thanks to an opportunity to keep working at this university. She studied how sustainability is discussed on social media as a scholar. Now she's teaching the Ukrainian culture and language. Actually, I'm processing everything that's going on in Ukraine, the war, on a daily basis. Even with so much going on in her life, including a family with two young children, Natalia says it's impossible to avoid what's happening back home. Not only does she have loved ones still in the country, some have served on the front lines. I'm not able not to know, so I cannot afford not to know what's going on there. As the war enters a second year, she's grateful there's more understanding of the conflict and hopes that this can lead to a resolution. It's important to, to, to keep the awareness and, and to keep people informed, especially that the circumstances are changing. You know, two years ago or even one year ago, many people could not find Ukraine on the map. Igor Markov is one of the leaders of Nova Ukraine, a Bay Area nonprofit. Early on when the war started, they organized many local rallies. Last year, they also raised money to provide medical supplies, beds, and generators. But he says all of that can only do so much while Russia remains beyond its border. All Ukrainians all over the world and in Ukraine have the same relations to future. So we are thinking not about future, but we're thinking about present. So. And that's enough. The uncertainty of the war makes it difficult to plan ahead, which means Natalia will keep making the Bay Area her temporary home, still hopeful to go back to Ukraine one day soon. Nova Ukraine is planning a rally and march in San Francisco to mark the first year since the beginning of the war. It starts at noon this Saturday outside of the Ferry Building. All right, now to our weather. A beautiful President's Day today, but get ready for a drop in the temperatures and rain this week, big time. Here to fill us in is Darren Peck to tell us about uh, how we need to bundle up in the next couple of days, huh? Maybe, maybe even some snow in the hills. Wow, okay. And that's getting a lot of people's attention yeah. already. It's already taken off on social media for mm -hmm. a good reason. Let me put some detail on that and some perspective. It is possible that by the time we get into Wednesday night through Saturday night, we could see some snow in the Bay Area hills to as low as 1,000 feet with this system. I'm going to show you the whole system as a whole because the bigger impact is probably tomorrow's winds. But the snow needs to be discussed. 
should we see this come together from Wednesday night through Saturday morning, we could get perhaps a light dusting of snow in the East Bay Hills because the highest ridge tops there are 1,500 feet high. Snow could be as low as 1,000 feet. It wouldn't be too impactful, but it would certainly catch your attention. The bigger impact is down here in the Santa Cruz Mountains. Think of Highway 17 where it goes over the summit, Patchet Pass. That's at about 1,800 feet, and there's a highway there. That could be the bigger impact for snow, but that's down the road. Let's go in order. Tomorrow, it's cold wind. And after this gorgeous three-day weekend, that's going to catch your attention. Actually, tomorrow is the first alert weather day. You'll see why for the wind advisory, Bay Area wide. Scattered showers begin Tuesday night through Wednesday. The showers then become more numerous into Thursday and Friday. And that's when the cold air comes in. And that's when we're going to watch for this possibility of snow in some of the hills. We're going to go over this in a lot more detail. I'll show you why this storm is put together in such a unique way. Coming up in the complete first alert forecast in just a few minutes. I love all your details. You definitely give us that layer beyond layer. Okay, thank you. All right, power has been restored to more than 54,000 customers in Oakland. The power went out after a fire at a PG&E substation yesterday, and you can see the charred ground in this video from our choppers. Some of the customers were without power for 24 hours. PG&E has not released a cause for the fire. Also, arson investigators, they're searching for the cause of a fire that destroyed a historic black church in Oakland. Earlier today, we saw firefighters, they were carrying out whatever they could salvage from inside, including flags, a cross, and some pictures. Parishioners and church leaders still trying to make sense of this loss. But as our Devin Feely tells us, they are promising to rebuild. The front facade of Oakland's first AME church was burnt and blackened by the fire that started in the attic and gutted the building. The damage to the historic church was itself a gut punch for parishioners like Steve Kirkendall, who's attended services there for 25 years. We all grew up in fame, you know, and for us to not have a church home because of a fire, it was really hard to hear that this morning. The fire started shortly before midnight on Sunday. Firefighters were busy battling the blaze well into the pre-dawn hours. By sunrise, the extent of the damage was plain, and heartsick parishioners had a plan. They headed across town to a sister church to Brookins AME. It was time, they said, for prayer and praise and community. I felt a deep sense of connectedness that we all were coming together for a common purpose. Um, it's hard to describe it except to say that we, we really felt like we were standing as one. The exact cause of the fire remains under investigation, but the church's pastor, Reverend Rodney Smith, says his faith, his belief that his congregation will emerge from the ashes stronger than before, is unshakable. Right now we are a church that is grieving and what we really need is prayers. We are uh, with you uh, in prayer and support uh, for the rebuilding of this uh, lighthouse in this community. The recovery from the fire is likely to be measured in months and years, but longtime parishioners like Steve say they look forward to the day that their beloved church is born anew. We'll make it. You know, it's like I said, it's going to take a while because there's a lot of damage, so a lot of stuff has to be rebuilt back. But we'll get it back and, you know, we'll sing hallelujah when we go marching back into the building. 
The church has been in Oakland since 1858. During segregation, they opened the first school for minority children in the city. They've been a community hub ever since, hosting social and political clubs and events. The church moved to its current location in the 1950s, where they have been serving food to the community three days a week for the past 30 years. Today, Congresswoman Barbara Lee called it a beacon of light in Oakland. And in Antioch, a church says three of their sheds were broken into over the weekend and the thieves made off with one of their trailers. So this happened at Genesis Church on Woodland Drive. The pastor says they're working to increase security by upgrading their cameras and possibly adding bars on some of their windows. He says, unfortunately, crimes like this are becoming a trend in the area. We're bouncing back okay. But it's, it was... Very disappointing. Uh, a lot of uh, burglaries have been taking place, not only on this side of the city, but uh, throughout uh, East County. The pastor says they have already fixed the sheds, but they will need to get another trailer. He estimates that that will cost more than $3,000. Another powerful and deadly quake has struck the border region between Turkey and Syria, killing at least three people and leaving hundreds more injured or trapped in collapsed buildings. The 6.4 quake and the 5.8 aftershock that followed struck in the same area hit by a massive quake two weeks ago. The death toll from that disaster now stands at nearly 45,000. Team of California engineers and seismologists are at ground zero in Turkey to study the effects of the massive quake so they can apply what they learn here. The team is moving quickly to examine collapsed buildings, damaged pipelines, and the ground itself. The U.S. National Highway Traffic Administration has reached out to Tesla for more information after a Tesla driver dies after plowing into a fire truck in Walnut Creek. It happened on 680 near Treat Boulevard early Saturday morning. Investigators say the fire truck had been parked along the freeway with its lights flashing. The passenger inside the Tesla also suffered critical injuries. Also in the East Bay 680, back open ahead of schedule after a three-day weekend closure to repair a stretch between Pleasanton and Sonol. Our chopper was overhead as Cal Trans crews started picking up the cones that had been blocking off the northbound side of the freeway between Koopman Road and Sonol Boulevard. As supporters of Oakland's ousted police chief rallied on the steps of City Hall today, Laron Armstrong was preparing to make his next move. His spokesperson telling us Armstrong's legal team will likely launch an appeal process this week. Mayor Sheng Tao fired him last week after he was accused of mishandling an officer's misconduct case. Today, the NAACP and also community leaders delivered an impassioned plea to the mayor. We demand that he be fully exonerated and that Mayor Tao reinstate him immediately. Come on, somebody, stand up and write about it. We have reached out to the mayor's office repeatedly for a response to the pending appeal. We were told the mayor did not have any additional comment. Okay, a man hurling eggs and racial slurs was caught on camera harassing people on a San Francisco Muni bus. So tonight, we hear from the woman who actually took this video, who says she was targeted. Berkeley needs your help. What should we name this guy? Annie, UC Berkeley's beloved Peregrine Falcon, has a new mate. Now you can help name him. Uh, so far, the top three names are Lou, in honor of a UC Berkeley philanthropist, Archie, after an Olympic runner who attended Berkeley, and Marshawn, after former NFL star Marshawn Lynch, who played for the Golden Bears. The contest ends on Wednesday. Lou, Archie, or Marshawn? Stay tuned. Thanks for watching. The news continues streaming on CBS News Bay Area. We'll see you back here at 11. Have a good one.